guys, do you want top quality media? Do you want professional looking graphics? Do you want to make your business look like something that is new, Marvel, exciting, and most importantly has ingenuity? They have everything you can ask for, including professional equipment and a stellar end product from top to bottom. Head over to www.guerrillagrfx.com for all of your design needs today. That's G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A-G-R-F-X.com. Stutterbox Productions is a backbone for many of the events that you see in the Midwest, from EDM festivals to late-night hip-hop shows. This company has been working closely with this podcast since the beginning, and we always have plenty of things planned for the future. So if you're looking to plan your next gig or event, or if you just want to see what's going on in the area, head over to their Facebook page to learn more at Stutterbox Productions. You watch this last listening to McAllister Hours. I'm your host, as always, Cole McAllister. We're joined today by Scott Kirkhart. Um, he's part of his own band, Kirkhart, and he also runs Broken Strings, Inc. Yep. Which uh, is kind of, you know, and we have we have a mutual friend, Alba Farm, and that's kind of how we cross paths. So anyway, how are you doing today, man? Good, man. Real good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You uh, drove here from Mason City, had a decent drive. Yeah, Manson, actually. Fort Dodge. Yep. Damn, yep. damn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It man. was a nice drive though. It's beautiful out right now. You know, this is the best time of the year to, to go take a little road trip and Yeah. What do you what do you do when you're on the road? Are you listening to music, listening to podcasts? What kind of stuff are you doing? It just depends on my mood. Um most of the time I'm listening to new music. Uh, if I don't want to listen to music, I listen to podcasts. So Hell yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What kind of podcasts do you listen to? Uh, Audible Farm. Um oh, I like yeah. <laughs> of course Audible Farm, you know, yeah, but promo. and I don't get to listen to it all the time like when I was in a FedEx truck anymore because I used to listen to it every Thursday when it comes out. So I try to get catch up on uh, catch up on all those and uh, yeah. I check out Mike Shaldis too and check up on that, you know, and and then there's uh, one out of Nashville that's coming out. I, I don't. It's more of a storyline that they do. Hmm. I think it's uh, what will you do next? I think is what it's called. Pretty cool one. So I've been listening to that too. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So let me ask you first. You mentioned that you are doing music full time. Um, how did you manage to get you know succeed in that? Like manage to get that going? Well. I started, uh, let's see, I, I worked for FedEx for 20 years, yep. and um, <clears throat> I had my kids. I raised my kids. I'm 46 years old, and uh, I got a daughter in Iowa State, and I got a son in Iowa Central. Oh, yeah. And when he oh, graduated yeah. high school, I said to myself, I don't want to be 60 years old and regret that I didn't try it. So I just took that leap of faith and just decided to uh, go all out and go all in and and uh, do music full time, and it, man, it's been a, a heck of a ride. I worked, I played music full time pretty much as well as did FedEx. Sure, sure. Uh, so now I'm just playing more Wednesdays and Thursdays than I normally did before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just um, you got to take that leap of faith and, and and have faith in yourself and believe in yourself and uh, and go out and do it. You know. So what? Let me ask you this, like, because I imagine that there's like a certain uh commitment that you have to like a self-commitment you have to have you know i'm sure there's like a schedule you have to follow to practice or to meet certain you know whatever kind of things you're doing for shows or whatever like what did you do to help yourself with that transition between i'm working a job and then i'm doing my you know my one passion about and to transferring that to like you know full time i'm doing this all the time that was a hard transition at first yeah man. it's really easy to sit in the chair and watch tv all day long <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's just simple. It's that easy. 
Um, but uh, with broken strings, you know that that's kept me busy too. Sure, um, sure. And we'll talk about that. But um, I, you know, next thing you know, the bookings start coming in, and you're, you're emailing. There's a lot of emailing to do, and so I try to get up in the morning and shower right away and get ready to go and and, and try to do Mondays and Tuesdays are usually my days off. Okay, um, okay. I try to take that day off for, but most of the time I'm, I have a guitar in my hand and uh, and I'm learning a new song <laughs> or, yeah. or I'm writing or, you know, anything like that. So yeah, it's a, it is a hard transition, especially when you're used to slaving the, you know, slaving <laughs> the grind right there because you, you know, you get up at six o'clock in the morning, every morning. Now I don't go to bed till like one thirty in the morning, and I still get up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's a hard transition, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always been an early riser myself, so I feel like you know because I've talked before, or we talked before that you know I'm in video, yeah, I'm doing stuff like that, so I'm kind of in that you know I'm very close to that transition where I'm about to dive into that full time, yeah. So um, you know I I feel you like on the you know difficulty to like actually maintain focus and like it is you know keep doing your shit the, the whole focus thing is uh yes you do and you know there's some mornings that oh i want to watch this on tv and you know yeah. so you just allow yourself to do that once in a while and drink your coffee and if you don't get going till one o'clock in the afternoon then that's what it is but uh you just it's uh ironically you stay really really busy and I thought, oh, I'll have all this free time. No, I don't think I have any more free time whatsoever, to be honest with you. You know, I thought, oh, I'd drive down to Ames and, and take my daughter out for for a lunch or something like that. No, that it's happened one time, and that was because I was going to a guitar shop and talk business. So that's what it was. Damn. So, yeah. how many, so how many hours a week do you think you're working between both broken record or broken string and uh, doing your music? Oh, I don't. I honestly don't know. I, to me, it isn't working. It's just what I do. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not an hourly person anymore. Like, uh, you know, when I said, when I was at FedEx, you know, this is it. And I got home when the route was done. And then I went home. And that's what it was. And now it's, uh, I work Sundays and Saturdays and Saturday nights and Monday mornings. And it just doesn't really matter. You know, I'm, I drove down here to do this podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. it's seven o'clock on a, on a, on a Tuesday night, you know, and that's just part of working. That's part of being a job and marketing yourself and getting yourself out there. And, yeah. and that's what it takes. I, I was a marketing major. So that's, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So okay. that's, that was kind of huge. And, you know, it just, that helps branding and all that stuff. Yeah, that you know? gives you an edge for sure. Yeah, and you just kind of got to do that. That's just that's part of it. That's the behind the scenes part, of, especially being a musician. I mean, mm. you know, the driving to the gig and the loading, and uh, yes, you play for three hours, and then and then you tear down and drive back home and get home at three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, and that's just that's part of the job. So I I wouldn't say there's I have no idea how many hours I put in, uh, way more than I was working for fedex i'll tell you that by the time you oh i like the song i'm gonna run home and learn how to play the song and you know or, or i'm writing you know and i try to devote two hours a day to write okay just okay. something you know yeah uh, if, even even if it doesn't amount to anything at least you're just writing something down your thoughts down it's which, important to do that which is usually in the morning for me so i drink <laughs> coffee and i play my guitar and i write you know that's kind of what i try to do that's hard sometimes to devote yourself to do that too yeah yeah i can imagine man um so like what what do you do to like i guess make ends meet financially is it just like booking shows is it like 
um, you know, promoting your music, merch, like what kind of things are you doing? Well, uh, yeah, you know, the show is what's making the money itself. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm playing four or five nights a week. Um, and then, yeah, I got merch as well. And uh, you go out and, uh, you know, a lot of it's talking to people and finding new places, new venues to go out. I do have a booking agent, which helps for my long distance, you know, places that I play. I play in Madison, Wisconsin. Next week, uh, next week we're going to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm playing right on Broadway um, at the Hard Rock Cafe. That would be pretty oh, cool. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. I yeah. always fuck with the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, yeah cool and, and that's a, you know, so I'm – I have a booking agent, MH Entertainment, um, Michelle, out of uh, Cedar Rapids, and she's fantastic. And she gets uh, Lake of the Ozarks, Madison, you know, a lot of my far away places that I book and go to. Oh, yeah. And it's just fun. I'm just really enjoying life for the first time in 20 years. Nothing against FedEx. It's a great company and everything like that. But, man, I'm really freaking tired of carrying Walmart boxes and dog food. You know, yeah. it was it was yeah. time for me to it was time for me to do something different. And that's that's what I'm doing. I, I And I'm. I'm enjoying the hell out of every bit of it. Yeah. Well, I can imagine that's also like less physically taxing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it is. Um, yeah. FedEx was a, <laughs> that's a, you know, that's not, that's not a, uh, a game. That's a game for young kids. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah. You're, you're in and out in those trucks all the time. And it was just, uh, it's, it's physically and mentally and exhausting, you know, and man. And then I played music and that was always my release, right? Music was completely my release. So I've just, uh, I, I started, I started doing that with a band kind of earlier on, and then I started. I, one day, I, Chris Carr, a good musician buddy of mine, said, "Go out and book yourself a gig. Go do solo. Just do it. Try it." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can do that, you know." <laughs> so, I, but I ended up doing it, and uh, and here I am, probably ten years down the road, and now I'm playing at Broadway in Nashville. That's pretty exciting for me. You know, it's kind of a dream come true for for an old forty six year old like guy like me, and. I'm I'm excited as hell, and and I, I'm excited for new music that's releasing or coming out, and and we're just doing a lot of just kind of stay focused, stay busy, you know, and that's kind of my goal is just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. My uh, I guess what I I said before and plenty of times, um, my classification of being a successful musician isn't to be a number one chart topping artist by any means, but if I can make a living off of just playing music. You damn right. That's pretty successful to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you always find the most genuine mus- musicians um, are the ones that have that mindset for sure. Yeah. I can. I can't tell you how many people, you know, rappers and such, have come in here and they have the wrong mindset. They're like, right. they come in, they're like, I'm the goat. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want it. Don't get me. I would love sure, to. Sure. You know, who wouldn't? But there's some, you know, being humble yes. that's required if you want to, like, actually be successful in this kind of industry. Yeah. Like, there is a certain amount of Yeah, you do. You and, you, you know, and you got to help, you got to help the younger generation of musicians, too. And, and yeah, that's all part of it. And that's, I guess that's just who I am. Uh, you know, you just uh, keep plugging away at her and try to make a, uh, try to make ends meet off of this wild game we call music, you know? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, how long, so at what point did you, like, transition how long ago was that uh june 1st i went full-time music oh so recently yep okay yep okay. yep my son graduated high school may 27th june 1st was my last day at fedex and uh 
you know, he's at Iowa Central now. He's going to uh, be a band director is what he wants to do. And he's so he's huge into music. He loves music. And he's in all the band and choir and stuff. And I'm so proud of him. And then my daughter is at Iowa State. And she wants to be a criminologist. And, <laughs> you know, she's uh, she is her daddy's girl. So that's uh, kind of scary a little bit at times. <laughs> I was going to say, poor her. <laughs> yeah, right, right. My uh, my father's a judge. So I have a, oh. I have a background in, like, you know, criminal not me personally, but like my family sure. involved in that. So yeah, it's tough land work. Yeah. 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 Well, my dad was a banker for 41 years. So, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I did not want to sit behind a desk by any means, you know? So maybe that's where I chose FedEx to, to do my thing and now music. And I probably drive more now than I did. FedEx. <laughs> that's funny. How, how long are you driving? Like, like what's like, what's a max day of driving for you? How much, how many hours are you on the road? Mm maximum or minimum i would say probably two hours okay you know i mean by the time i well I, we have a studio in fort dodge by the time we go over there and i and i dink around in the studio for a while or if i sit at home and, and run my errands and you know and stuff, i still got to go out banking fort dodge all that stuff so I, mm-hmm. you know i by the time if i go to a gig you know like i said if we're going to nashville that's 11 hours away from where i'm at so um, I've been to Madison, Wisconsin. To uh, I've been to Lake of the Ozarks. I'm going back down to Lake of the Ozarks next month, um, Black Friday and Saturday, actually, which will oh, be kind of nice. kind of fun. Nice. Um, South Dakota, Omaha, Des Moines, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, the the regular the regular city, the regular loop there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, tell me about Broken Strings. Uh, what what you do there? How long you've been doing that? What all, all goes right. into that? Um, Broken Strings is a 501c3 nonprofit now, officially. Um, okay. That took about a year to get from the IRS, and yeah, it yeah. takes a while. Um, we uh, January of 2021, we became incorporated, and uh, our main goal was to give a guitar to a kid in every school district in the state of Iowa. There's 367 school districts, so that's 367 guitars. And then uh, every kid that gets a guitar signs, it's called the governor's guitar, signs a guitar. Um, and when we get done with the 367, we're going to uh, we're going to give that guitar to the governor for funding, more funding in fine arts in the state of Iowa is what we're kind of hoping for. So. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. No, I, I really, I, I really love the cause of like, you, I, like I, I remember hearing about you like through the podcast, and I was like, oh, that's really neat that like, yeah, someone's really doing that. You know? Well, you know, it kind of all started with a good friend of mine, Tracy Ernst. Um, he, uh, he was like, well, maybe we should just get, get a bunch of musicians together and raise some money and just buy guitars for local students in the Fort Dodge area. And I kind of said, well, why don't we do something bigger than that? And he was kind of all gung ho for it, and then he got sick, and uh, he he got diagnosed with non Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, what is that non Hodgkin's lymphoma? Some type of cancer. I'm not oh, sure okay. what okay. it is, but um, we ended up losing him. Um, oh, too bad. Yeah, about eight months probably after he got diagnosed. Hmm. Um, Sorry about so, that. So no, you know what? It, it became uh, that was kind of my thing, and I said, man, we're gonna I'm gonna keep this going. We're gonna do this. So yeah, uh, yeah. 
the amount of support from other musicians have been totally incredible. Um, they've all gotten on board. They've raised money for it. Um, you know, we've given guitars away to kids. I just yesterday morning, I got up five thirty in the morning and drove to Okaboji and and uh, donated. I saw that. Yeah, donated a guitar to a deserving young lady in, in Okaboji. Um, we kind of team up with the band directors of the schools, the middle school band directors, and, mm. and see if they know of any kid that maybe wants to learn guitar or maybe has a little interest in in it. And then uh, if we have a couple of them, they write essays. And then we as a board, my board, will decide which kid to give the guitar to. Um, and if that doesn't work, then we have a musician in that area pick out the, the kid for us. So it's uh, it's pretty damn rewarding, I got to tell you. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Do you have like a non-smashing clause? No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> so, well, no. Just in case the kid like gets an electric and just like let's goes. hope that, let's hope that doesn't <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, trust me, I've been those days, so you know. But let's hope it doesn't happen. No. All right, everybody, we're back. Technical difficulties per usual. A and, common occurrence on the Macau. And what podcast. was your question that you asked me? <laughs> will technology will technology ever overrun? Yeah. No. That's no. your answer right there. <laughs> so you think we're going to go back to the windmills and the... No. <laughs> I hope not, but they are putting up a lot of windmills, though, I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I'm from uh, Dutchland, Orange City. Oh, so I know, oh, yeah. I know all about the windmills. Yeah, yes, you do. Yeah. An obsession of windmills and tulips and all that shit. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. <laughs> they don't even drink over there. That's Dry County, isn't it? Dry Town or something like that? It's not a dry town. No. Isn't it? I mean, no, no, not officially. Oh, okay. um, I mean, it is a very like, um, you know, religious environment. So there are very a lot of people who naturally don't drink. But sure. I mean, there's a bar. I mean, there. I've been to Alton yeah. before. Yep, that's right next door. That's the bar. Yep. Yeah, 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 yep. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. you know, I'm trying to think. Maybe Orange City is dry. I think it's dry. I'm pretty sure it is. But Alton's right, like right there right yeah exactly so they all go to alton the drink <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, get it. I understand that, that's a that's a really a safe way you know like they're trying to, they're trying to like make it a drive to like you know save people but then people are just drinking and driving, and driving. <laughs> yeah that makes a lot better right yeah, no agree they could just one. walk to the bar in town but no they for sure go drive over there yeah oh, oh well it is what it is true True. So yeah, so We're technology. Over- yeah. There you go. There you go. Nope, I'll just stick to my six strings. We'll call it good. <laughs> uh, so let me let me kind of on that same point. Let me diverge in a little bit though. Like what what do you think about you know the possible oversaturation of music that we're seeing? Like do you you know especially on guitar? I can imagine there's a video for probably you know anything. Do you worry or wonder about that at all? No, not really. I don't. I don't. That's kind of a hard question, I, you know, because it's. I don't think there's an oversaturation. I mean, maybe there is. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. You stumped me. There you go. Hey, that's a first. I'm that's stumped. a first. I'm speechless. <laughs> I, I'm just trying. I'm. I'm trying to think the the logical answer to that. No, no, I don't. I don't think we're oversaturated in, in a market. I. You know, I mean, live music is live music, and yeah, whether you're just a guy sitting there playing a guitar, or whether you got a backing track behind them, or you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out in the future. Yeah, I might not be around. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, right? I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to 
go stand in a, you know, kind of like Dave Grohl said that too. You don't have to go stand in a line to get on TV to try to be the next superstar. I think if you just put the hard work in and work on your craft and your trade and you're going to get better at writing songs. And that, if you're good, people are going to notice you, you know, and then they're going to tell their friends and their friends going to come see you and tell their friends. And that's kind of just the way it is, but you got to get out there and you got to beat them streets to do it. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. Like with podcasting too, like oh, there absolutely. is like a certain like word to mouth element that is like, that does seem to hold amongst like any algorithm or anything on the internet. Yeah. And I, I think, I think word of mouth will beat social media hmm. any day you know i mean i wouldn't know about you if it wasn't for pete you know so then i start watching yours sure. I, would, I wouldn't have known about uh mike schulte's if it wasn't for peter you know hmm. and i'm not one to get into the huge podcast game by any means but i i, I enjoy them they're they're fun to listen to you know they're, they're educational they're you learn a lot from them um they're just enjoyable to listen oh man i haven't talked to this guy or seen this guy over here but now he's going to be on this podcast let's listen to him you know see what he's got to say oh yeah, yeah so that's what's kind of cool about it um but i think word of mouth is gonna social media is huge yes you know of course it is um i think social media has outdone radio I think social media has outdone newspaper, magazines, anything like that. Um, but I still think word of mouth is huge. I would say second to social media, hmm. you know? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that also speaks to, like, localization in general. Yeah. You know, I, I and, you know, I think, I think like, uh, with there being such, a, like, an uptick and a rise in all the social media, there is, like, almost, like, um like a, a current against it with like you know promoting localization and promoting like you know like we're talking about word to mouth right this person does this 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 etc versus just like you know because i you know if the algorithm was more free i think it would maybe stand more of a chance but yeah i mean it you know it is constructed in a way it is math you know math I can't speak <laughs> mathematically <laughs> put together in like a formula and like it is you know you're given certain things because of you know basically because they can they use math to read your brain it's crazy which ironically is oh I think TikTok is on their big rise right now because, oh yeah because oh, yeah. they're wide open but mm -hmm. right now that may change in their algorithm eventually but you know Facebook is and then they change stuff again the not too long ago they're changing all the time all the, all the time and now it's kind of a pain in the ass to try to to get onto this page and try to, i'm running three pages here you know between my personal my music and, and then broken strings yeah yeah damn i can imagine and it, it's non-stop and if i don't keep up on it i'm kind of like man does somebody just do this out here for a living because it would be might be worth it because people is. do people do I, I i couldn't imagine doing that all day long like yeah that. i really couldn't either Having to be that organized with everything. Yeah, no. I, thank God for phones. You know, who would have thought 20 years ago that we'd sit there and have a mini computer right there, you know? Yeah, I think that the thing that you're picking up the dial, like, is going to yeah. have a screen on Boy, it. Boy, jeez. You know? I remember when we didn't have phones. And then we had the first Nokia phone that, do, 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 you know, as soon as you push them. <laughs> yeah. The bag yep. phones, yeah, well. That's yeah. how, I guess that's going to show my age right there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, shit, I mean, you know, I'm I'm – only 27 but even i remember like you know the flip phones yeah like you were able to type uh, with you, the 
yeah, you have to push this number three different times to get the text. I was pretty quick at that too. <laughs> you know, then they came out with a keyboard, and I'm like, "What the hell is this thing?" Yeah, but I remember we would all memorize the keyboard, and we would all talk to text each other in class, like just feeling the keyboard, just feeling the keyboard. Yeah, and you yeah. can't do that anymore. No, you literally can't. You have to be. They've created something where you have to be glued to it. There used to be technology, you know, and the computer's like one of the last types of technology where you can do it without looking at, at it. the keyboard. Yeah, I'm not me. I'm a <laughs> that kind of guy. I'm a that kind of guy. You skip that class. Yeah, huh? yeah. Oh no! I mean, I took I took typing, but it's just like oh, it's different. I, when I first, when I took computer class, it was a computer class, and it was the coolest thing because my computer could message that computer across the room instantaneously. Right? That was the coolest thing ever. So when I was sitting there playing my Oregon Trail on the computer, some. Joe Schmo could sit here and talk to me from over there, and it would pop up. I thought that was pretty damn cool, right? Now you can do it from anywhere in the world. Yeah, not, not even a message. You can see their video. You can. Some people can hack into your webcam and look at you, like peep on you. you yeah, know? that's weird. And I'm weird. I'm really good friends with Josh Jacobson uh, from Forte Studios. That's where we go to record a lot of stuff. And, yeah, and Boone, yeah. and uh, one of his main things is. You know, for law enforcement and detective agencies to hack into phones and you know do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was like, holy moly! Yeah, there's got to be. I don't know if you were like in that position. I, there's got to be some sense of like morality where yeah. you're just like, you know, I, I'm, I don't necessarily side with like. You know some of the things that you know law enforcement does, but like regardless of that, I can't imagine like being in that position, right? And like spying on people yeah. privately and being like, "Oh yeah, I'm okay with this." Yeah, this is about you know that's, what that's it, hard. And he makes a lot of money doing it. I'm sure. Oh, so I'm sure. You, yeah, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I would hope so. Right? There's technology, right? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it, but yeah, I, you know, technology has its places. But like I said, it, it's still and it's great. It's a great tool. You know, my drummer for the band, Andy Shelley. He, he, he's got triggers in his computer and, you know, he's running these, uh, you hear those big swells, like, shh, you know, and then you start singing right after that, you know, it kind of makes a song in a, in a way and he can do all that on his drums and I'm like, holy cow. Then when you got lights and a whole light show behind you and you're pushing one button on your laptop and it's, and it's changing your whole scenes for lights and your movers and everything, you know, it's, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm glad somebody else is doing it besides me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 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 technology has its places, but uh, I still think that um, just a guy sitting there with an acoustic guitar or a girl sitting there with an acoustic guitar, there's something to say about the intimacy between that and and the audience. Mm. Yeah. And I think everybody will have a craving for that still in the future. Yeah, I think that's a fair estimate for sure. I think, you know, COVID was a, you know, that was a social experiment that we all saw before our eyes. <laughs> exactly. That, pe that people, like, need that, well, and it, you know. You know, we did, yeah, because we're all sitting here as musicians. We're all sitting here, holy shit, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to do anything this weekend. That's weird. You know, we can't go to this bar. Well, then all of a sudden people are like, oh, no. Yeah, we're still going to have machine shed parties, you know, and you're going to come out. <laughs> then you drink till 2 o'clock. Instead of drinking till 2 o'clock in the morning and the bar closes, then you drink till 5.30 in the morning because the bar doesn't close, right? 
<laughs> but you know, we started doing live stuff, live streams on Facebook, and and that was fun. And you know, with the with with Venmo and everything like that, and people would virtually tip us, and we did that quite a bit um, throughout COVID, and. People really enjoyed that. Like, I mean, the response that we had from that, people would literally sit around and stream it on their big screen TV at home and sit there and have cocktails and, and listen to live music. And they, they loved it. You know, wow. and, and now the weird part is people aren't doing that anymore. And I think a guy could probably do pretty good if he did that once in a while still. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. people would, especially in the middle of winter. Yeah. You know, there's nothing yeah, going on, exactly. right? But, uh, and then after COVID, you know, this year has been booming for music. I mean, everywhere. Everybody is busy. Whether you're Luke Combs to me, uh, everybody is busy. I mean, uh, the pork tornado's busiest summer ever. You know, uh, my busiest summer ever. Uh, it was just people are wanting to get out and get normalcy back to their life and have fun. And that's what music is. It's an outlet for those people to have fun, which brings back to makes it a more enjoyable life you know and if you could do that for the kids and broken strings and make their life more enjoyable and it's just kind of a it's an all-around circle that we go through right so hell yeah i guess that's why we're doing it right hell yeah hey i love what you're doing man i love your i love the ambition you have for your company and you know just like you're you're almost like innocent, you know, wanting to just help people, like with, you know, giving them a guitar. I think that's awesome. I think I wish more people, <clears throat> you know, we're more charitable in that aspect. And we're more like, you know, like, like we're talking about, like localization. Sure. Instead of maybe getting upset, you know, going back kind of to technology, like instead of getting upset about something that isn't even happening in their state, you know, maybe think about, look inward and say, hey, what can we even if it's a small thing like, you know, donating a dollar, you know, yeah, or giving what, a guitar, you know. What can we do to make it better? Exactly. I mean, and I think the more people had that attitude, I think the world would be a better place by all means. You know, I, I really do. Um, I Yeah, it's it's hard, but it's, it's rewarding uh, what we're doing. Very, very, very rewarding. Like the honor is mine to be able to give these kids guitars, and and the people that are around me that help do this. I can't do it by myself. So, and people help me. The board is amazing, um, and the people that I meet and the donors and you know musicians that help out with it, and I and I'm heartfelt thankful for what they're doing and we'll get to that 367 guitars given away uh it's going to take some time you know originally i was like oh man we could do that in a year right no not a chance that that's but we'll get it done and um and we're going to get it done and we just need to uh keep money rolling in and keep buying guitars and that's kind of what we're doing so the the kids are they're grateful. And it seems like to me, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. And and if you just take time and listen to what that story is, talk about shedding tears. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see Kim Reynolds uh, play that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see her try. I can't wait till she tries. Right? You have to be, you have to be like, we're only going to give this to you if you broadcast it on right PBS, yeah iowa public television try and yeah. Play yeah well you know they need to um, the state they're taking fine arts you know unless some of these bigger schools have fine arts funding or boosters yeah, yeah. some of that 
the funding has gone away for the fine arts in these schools, and that's kind of sad. Oh yeah, I mean, there it's always the first to go. Yeah, every time, and, and you know, and that's 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 too bad because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of talented people out there. Yeah, well, and you know, I I've always been in criticism of this, a Chris, a critic. God, I can't talk today. A critic of this, like you know, in any organization that like focuses more on like sports than music. I mean, just picking two. Yeah. I mean, you know, you like sports, and you know, sports are fine. I don't have anything inherently against sports. Sure. But like, I think, I think there's a lot more value. In, I think objectively, there's a lot more value in art than there are sports. You know, sports. You know, most people only play for a you know very relatively very small amount of time yep and you know yeah you can make the argument that they're gonna you know live better the rest of their life for getting all this exercise that's a fair argument but like if you in comparison to you know something like music or art that can give you a lifetime of knowledge and you know age doesn't stop people from you know being musicians and being art they can continue to progress correct you know um there was and, and then you have where the, it, it intertwines between itself also. Um, uh, Dallas Jacobus out of Iowa City, he played uh, for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He was an offensive mm. lineman. And um, he's a songwriter. He plays all the time. You know, and he's, he's fantastic. And, you know, so here you got this other big guy, and he's a big dude, and, you know, sitting there playing guitar. And, and so that, that kind of helps too, you know, which is, it's okay to play music. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It doesn't necessarily have to be music. You could be a painter or, or, or an artist and, um, you could, you could sing for the church choir or sing, play for the Carl King band in Fort Dodge. Yeah. You don't have to be in a band. You could sit there and play at home and just play your guitar by yourself and nobody even knows that you play. Um, or just sit around a campfire and play a little music. It, music will stay with you the rest of your life. It, it, and in my case, and I'm sure a lot of musicians think this, it isn't what we do, it's who we are. I mean, that's what makes up our, of, of who we are, you know. Yeah. Uh, I feel empty. I, 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 stopped, I was a three-time state jazz band drummer in high school. I oh, wow. To, I went to college and played drums. And then one day I just gave up playing drums. I was like, nah, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I was out of it for a while. And then you know what? Music found me again. Uh, it was right after 9-11. And I had a buddy that was in, in Florida at the time. He was down for a refrigeration convention. And he got stuck there because nobody was flying. You know, because all the planes were grounded after that, and he, he he's like he messaged me and he says, "Hey man, when I get back, let's 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 get a guitar. Let's learn how to play guitar." And I was like, "You know what? That sounds like a good idea." So then you learn how I've learned how to play three chords, G, C, and D. And you know every old classic rock song there is. No, I, and it, that's how it kind of started. And my kids were little. I raised my kids, and you know I played every night for years just sitting there at home and all of a sudden one day somebody says hey man you want to be in a band i'm like i don't know if i'm that good dude i don't you know i can't i don't know about that <laughs> i did it we had fun and then it all of a sudden it becomes part of who you are and uh, literally i think chemically and physically and mentally of who we are and we have to play music that's our outlet that's what we do god gave us a talent Oh, excuse me. And we found it. That was a good push. <laughs> <laughs> that was me trying to hold it back. The beer was screaming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. 
it's really stereo in my earphones, I gotta say. <laughs> but no, so it just, uh, you know, and I think that's who we are. That's what we do. And it was, uh, man, it's it's been a hell of a ride. It's been fun. Um, and, and I really, really, really thoroughly enjoy watching these younger kids start where we were starting at. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, and that's kind of like the, you know, we're kind of trashing, we've been trashing technology a little bit, but, like, that's kind of the flip side of it, like, the positive, in terms of, you know, like, what we were talking about before, how, like, people can just play in their room. Like, yeah. the internet almost, like, it, it provides a platform where people can play in their room, and then they can post it, get feedback, et cetera, right. they can improve instead of just, you know, sitting in their little corner or, like, you, you know, needing that, you know, opportunity to be in a band and, you know, get that stage time. Because, you know, there was a time where that was all it was it was getting the deals with record companies like getting in those shows like um you know being there at the right time essentially and just having all these perfect elements and although i do think the internet does oversaturate a lot of things it also has that very positive effect right i agree with that completely um and i see that a lot you know i mean even look at uh, some person just starting to play guitar can go to youtube and learn how to play guitar Mm -hmm. you know so you don't need is it nice to have somebody in front of you showing you, no, put your finger here, put your finger here, here? Yes. And there will always be needs for instructors. But I wish I had that outlet, you know, growing up. I didn't have that. We had to go to a Mel Bay's books and start reading those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, who the hell wants to do something like that? Here's the quarter like note. Yeah. Here's the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a paradiddle and a paradiddle diddle. What the hell is a paradiddle? Right, <laughs> so you know that's what I was drumming, and I never learned how to read music. You know, I knew I know every good boy deserves fudge and F A C E, but other yep. than that, I, I played drums, and I didn't have to play piano in order to play drums at that point in time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, technology is it's huge that way. That's how Kane Brown became big. Here, here you got a guy, you know, he's singing on YouTube, and you're like, whoa, who is this guy? Next thing you know, he's multi platinum artist. Yeah, it yeah. it does help. It's a, it's just another tool, but that's exactly what it is as a tool. It still doesn't take away from you having the talent and putting your time in and the work and doing it. It's just another tool to help you along the way, in my opinion. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, think about, you know, people just like, you know, integrating the old, you know, types of music like with technology, too. That's a whole aspect. You know, the, I, I heard you and, uh, I think you and Peter were actually talking about that in the last episode, how uh, you guys were kind of debating about that, like how, you know, like, uh, you know, using pedals and like, you know, do, you know, like, you know, we said, like creating a whole yeah. band at home almost. Like that's some, it's crazy how people can do that, uh, just it, where it's going. It is crazy. And you can do that. I mean, I don't know if I have the patience to sit down and learn a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, you know, I'm recording and stuff like that, you know, I'm with Pro Tools the way it is, and you got a MacBook or something, you know, and, and a computer interface you can plug in, plug a guitar in, and you can sit there and literally just play anything and record it. Yeah. And and, and, and then wind it down. You don't have to go to a huge recording studio to do it. Mm-hmm. A huge recording studio helps, and, and then they help you with marketing, and they help you with everything else that goes along with it. But... Yeah, technology is it's got its place. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, it's even like uh, you know creating different ways to learn. I don't know if you've seen those videos of like 
um, where they teach people piano and they have like the lights and the dots coming yeah. towards it. And yeah, you actually like like it's almost it's almost like an autistic way of like learning piano just well, like but, visually like monkey see monkey do you know isn't I mean? that what guitar hero essentially was back yeah, in the day true, i mean it, you had yes you didn't hit certain individual strings and you hit buttons but you're still starting to work your fingers kind of the way that you do a guitar and that was fun in itself. I mean, shit, we had tournaments, guitar tournaments, you know. <laughs> were you pretty good at that? Uh, no, I was terrible at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's what I've always found. The people who are actual musicians can't. Yeah. Slash is awful at Guitar Hero. Yeah, right? I, it's like, that. no, that's not how you play guitar, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. No, no. But it, no. at least it gives you a rhythm to get it, you know. That's what it does, essentially, is just give you a rhythm. And yeah, if you could get that exactly. rhythm right on the right track and hit the right time, you're going to make that point, and yeah. that's what it is. Now, I've seen people literally in expert mode of guitar hero and killing it i'm just like how do you do that right i don't i can't do that um but then they came out with and i don't remember what the hell that game was called but it's actually you plugged your own guitar into it um they sent you a chord with the game and everything guitar smith i think is what, oh was that uh, what it was rocksmith called? or something rocks was that rocksmith i know what game you're talking about it's some it that was pretty like cool that. to me because that actually helped you learn guitar. Yeah, you yeah, know, that was a legit thing. And, and I don't know if that ever really took off or not, but I think you see people like I think it's a really popular thing, like on Twitch. Like, I see you see a lot of like uh, guitar streamers like play with that. Game. Okay, like people because you know I think I think at this point there's a whole database and array of you know different songs you can play. So people like comment, they'd be like, "Hey, play this song," and then they'll play through it. Right, you know, it's a whole thing. But that that helped you play guitar exactly it, it translated to like a real world i had to play this string and this note and this mm -hmm. string and this note and this chord where instead of just hitting buttons so as a guitar player that was pretty cool did i suck at it yes still i still <laughs> I suck at it yes <laughs> well i can i can imagine that's um it'd be really easy to fuck that up too because you know you have to keep a you have to keep all your strings in tune oh yeah and your guitar has to be correctly you know formatted i assume it has to be correctly formatted or whatever you know it's a whole thing i have no idea <laughs> i don't I, you know and if i need something like that done i always call my son oh and hey man we come here and do this because he's a whiz when it comes to that shit and i don't know any of it and you know and i don't even have a i bought an xbox one right and i was like oh this gives us something to do at home and owen will play it and when he comes over and you know and stuff like that and he just took it with him i never did play it <laughs> i played i played i played like call of duty for like i don't know i kill, i died like four times and i wasn't even like 20 minutes into the damn game and i was like this is the stupidest goddamn game i've ever seen in my life you know and i just i couldn't do it and so that's that's and then i started playing more guitar so <laughs> <laughs> hey man maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing then no i guess not I'm more power to you i yeah. I, I love the racing games and crap yeah like no that. gaming's but, great yeah but i suck at it though. i'm terrible <laughs> at it yeah i uh my computer recently uh, like glitched out and i can't game on my computer anymore because so i was like this is like you know i use it for all my editing stuff but it also works sure. as a gaming pc so um, I've been dealing with that withdrawal the last like two, three weeks. Have you really? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Um, uh, oh yeah. No, not me. I, you know, I got a MacBook at home, and I'm like, oh, here's Word. I got to write a letter here, <laughs> and I got that figured out. And then my photographer, videographer Tim Fox, he he messaged me. He's like, okay, well, if you download these videos, here's my Dropbox. You can share this to Dropbox and shit like that. You know, whatever. And, 
And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he, I did figure it out. It, it took it took a good night of me just sitting there going, you know, and I had my hair, my hat was off and my hair was going up. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? And then all of a sudden it worked. So I figured it out, but I don't know how I figured it out. It just worked. You know, that's like a comedy skit right there. I could, I could, <laughs> Dude, I, could, I could pitch that to my class and they would laugh their asses off. Just The whole thing is just a guy trying to figure out how to download his download job. It's the truth. <laughs> It really could be. And because, you know, man, I didn't grow up in the computer age, right? I'm self-taught. Yeah. I had to learn everything. And, you know, even even phones, people are like, well, yeah, you can do that. I was like, really? Okay, show me how to do it. You know, and then and they show me. And then I'm like, that's pretty damn cool. I learned something new. And so that people my age are learning shit new every day when it comes to computers. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm so glad that people like my son's age are able to help and be like, oh, no, this is easy. Here you go. Just look. Yep, done. You know, <laughs> how'd you do that? I don't know. Just don't do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, I know we've been joking this whole time, but, you know, me being 27, like, there are things for me and my generation that, like, the younger kids are like, goes goes above yeah. my head that they can do it's it's crazy it, it moving so fast it amazes me. it amazes me how quick technology is advancing i mean what is it okay i got the 13 right which is a brand new phone yeah me too yeah uh, right but the 14's out now already <laughs> what the hell is different between the 13 and the 14 i can't imagine much I, it's probably all in the camera honestly i would oh, imagine it's 50 percent of it okay so what's next so what yeah <laughs> That came out in a, what a year. What, what's next? <laughs> like I said, I remember having the original Nokia phone that you had to dial. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just to talk. And then we never had any cell phone service at all, and it was miserable. And I had to go stand by the water tower in town just to get service because this big giant metal thing obviously helped. But it, it, technology is fun, and, and it's music is the same. Uh, way the progression of um, even like you know live music um the pas the board um in-ear monitors you know that we're running i, I got a set of in-ear monitors that i use with the band and man it's cool i can my phone connects to the sound guy's board and i can run that in-ear monitor mix just on my phone you know that how was who even the hell thinks of this crap? Who, how is that possible? <laughs> but people don't see daylight. <laughs> obviously not. Get out and enjoy the world, man. <laughs> There's a big world. You got to go out and get it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have that problem too. I I feel like I I that's my problem in the summer is it's too hot and I, I waste the whole summer away inside. <laughs> like, God damn it. Oh well, you know, I like to go fishing and shit like that once in a while, so I I get to do that and. I do have a little more time now, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Like I said, Mondays and yeah. Tuesdays are my days off. And I, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But I'm going somewhere or doing something. It, it all still revolves around music. Music still revolves. You don't have time off. It's just the way it is. And, you know, unless you take – I'm taking this weekend off to go do something. You know, that's – we're going to Nashville next week, so – but I'm playing music in Nashville, so it's not all going to be funny. It's going to be fun, but it's not going to be all just leisure, you know. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, kind of circling back to what we first talked about. Um, if you had to give a piece of advice to someone who wanted to pursue their music or their whatever full-time, what advice would you give them? Do it now. Do oh, yeah. it. 
do it. I wish I could have done it 10 years ago. I wish I was able to do it 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, you know, I told, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say sorry to Nate Craig right now. He's a good friend of mine, but his, his, his son Eric is a, um, an 18-year-old young man now that um, he's a good friend of mine, Jeremy Ober, taught him how to play guitar, and he's, he's really an up-and-comer. Um, phenomenal guitar player, um, phenomenal vocalist. He wants to do some stuff on his on his own and start doing solo as well with a band. And um, Nate yelled at me the other day. His dad did he yelled at me the other day. Kind of, he's like, "I got to chew your ass a little bit here because um, Nate or Eric said to me that uh, you said do it while you're young and go out and." Apparently, Eric was working at Walmart, and finally he says, I'm done with this Walmart shit. I'm going to go play music. <laughs> and, and Nate says, he says, Kirkhart said, just go out and do it. So that's what he's going to do. And, and I said, well, Nate, listen, your son's a pretty talented young man. He could probably make a living off of it. You just let him do it. He's young enough to do it. Do it. So, you know, I'm. it was hard for me to make that transition because, you know, I have a mortgage. I have a, uh, you know, I had kids to support i have uh, a beautiful woman in my life that i need to you know help her and and you know oh, granted we work together great sure, sure. but and it's kind of uh just a i wish i could have done it 20 years ago when i didn't have so much shit to worry about but then again it's also made me a better business person you know i do this for a living so i need to be professional and and that's what it is and um, I need to keep the crowds coming, and you know it isn't it isn't all fun and games. Let's go out, get drunk, and have a good time, and just play music. And that's not what it is. You know, it's 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 marketing, it's branding, it's everything. You know, so go out and do it now, because life is. If I've learned one thing from COVID, is life is too short, mm. and we're never we don't know when our time is up. So you may as well just enjoy your life while you're doing it. If you can do it, right? Do it. So that's my, kind of been my, my model the last year. We talked about that, uh, Peter and I did. You know, I said, just go for it. You got to just go for it. Hell yeah. That's kind of what I'm doing, just going for it. And I don't regret it one bit. That's awesome, man. That's awesome to hear. Uh, let me excuse me let me ask you about your band uh kirkhart right yep um when did when did that form and what was the how'd you meet all the guys and how'd that get started um it formed uh, last november i think we started I, I was in a band called salty views with tim salter um great musician been doing it for 20 years um and that was more of an acoustic type thing same with Alyssa alby emily um and her sister Emily, and uh, incredible musicians. And I, I learned a lot of the business from Tim. Tim, Tim is the original uh, owner of Guitar, not Guitar Player, um, one of the major guitar magazines in in, in the world. Mm. And it started in Fort Dodge, Iowa, right? Oh wow! Um, and um, he uh, he taught me a lot as far as you know when it comes to booking and you know you got to put on a big show and, and stuff like that. So that's what I wanted to do. Um, our light guy, Brady O'Brien, at the time, he's like, well, I play a little piano, too. You know, I said, oh, well, you know, let's get together and kind of hang out. He's an 18-year-old kid. And, my God, he playing a little piano is, is is way, way below what he can do because the kid is phenomenal. He's been playing since he's four years old. 
Wow. Uh, yeah, and he's a great keys player. He started his own nonprofit called Brady O'Brien Live, and he puts on Christmas shows and stuff like that to help uh, other nonprofits around uh, around that area and then donates back to them too. Um, phenomenal kid. Um, he was a keys player. Andy Shelley was the drummer um, for Saucy Jack for 20 years, and Saucy Jack was a big rock and roll band, and they kind of just um, said 20 years is enough, you know? And I just, at the right time, I said, Andy, man, are you up for learning how to, or you up for wanting to play drums again? He's like, that sounds great. Let's do it. And so he was all on board. My bass player is Dan Irvin. Um, Dan was with me with another band. Uh, he retired playing music to raise his kids uh and i went back to him and i said hey man i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna i'm big production and i i want to put this all on he told me no and i said all right that's fine i'll find somebody right so it was probably i don't know six seven weeks eight weeks maybe after that and i seen him at fairway one day and i said man i'm still looking for that bass player man I, you know i got a set list i got andy shelley playing i got brady playing keys I'm looking for a lead guitar player at the moment and he says oh no i don't think so and i said i understand we got to do what you got to do and uh, i got a text message from him on the way home and he says send me your set list <laughs> and I said, you realize you're in if I send you your set list. He's like, I know, you dickhead. <laughs> and I said, all right, cool. Um, and then we were looking for a lead guitar player, and um, Brady O'Brien's uh, brother, Mason, um, was in another band before, a phenomenal young man, and hell of a guitar player. And I asked him, I said, you want to do it? And that's kind of what we did. And we started it. And we didn't want to just put on, be a normal bar band. We wanted to be an event band, you know, because um, we got, we got a hell of a light show. And we just put on a show. So we put on a, like a two-hour show, straight, no breaks. Uh, we have an opener. And that's, we put on a little concert is what it is, basically. Um, really enjoyable, fun. It's a, I do all my originals uh, and covers as well. Uh, so it's just it puts a whole different uh, new ball game on it you know bands are hard to keep together sometimes you know I mean it's yeah it's hard oh, to rehearse sure. it's tried everybody got together you know do you like this do you not like this uh, does your personalities clash do they you know and, and ironically we're all pretty good so uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that well I mean I think that's a really you know you find that to be like a challenge these days too like uh we, you know going back again to, to technology like people kind of almost negating the route of like doing a band and like kind of doing it individually so right. it's really cool you know to see people still kind of doing that um, you know getting it together in a group and like really you know uh, how does the songwriting go do you guys split that or is that like a group joint effort or most of it, all all the originals are mine okay okay and it's usually just me sitting on an acoustic guitar. Um, I got a, another dear friend of mine, Jesse Wilson. Um, he plays, he's a musician as well. Um, it's who Pete plays with a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with him. Jesse's, Jesse's a great writer. Um, and him and I collaborate really well together. Um, in fact, we were just in the studio last night recording another song together. Oh, nice. We got one out now called Stiff Drink, which is doing really good. Um, this next song is a beautiful song um and he wanted to collaborate it was his writing and he wanted to collaborate with me uh with it vocally and, and, and we did it and I, I can't wait till it gets released um songwriting is a whole different ball game 
sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. And you, when you do got it, you kind of kind of go with it, you know, for a while. And sometimes you need to just disappear for a couple weeks and uh, and just be by yourself and in your own thoughts and a guitar in your head and write them down. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at now again, right? Like I need to I need to go do that for myself one of these days and and I know of a few places that I like to go to write and uh, I, I would probably be there within the next month or so just you know even if it's a long weekend or what and just kind of sit there by myself and learn how to write and or just write my thoughts and next thing you know a song comes out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. So like uh you know, I know this is kind of like a, you know, cliche question, but like, what kind of influences, you know, do you have, or like, what kind of music do you try to, um, you know, sound like when you're, or like, you know, I, I guess what, just what are your influences? Um, well, I got this. I was blessed enough to have this raspy voice that sounds kind of like a mixture between Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton. Um. I don't know if I was really blessed. It took a lot of cigarettes and whiskey to do that. <laughs> no, I feel like that attributed to mine a little bit too. So I, I yeah, like, yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It helps. We right? have a radio face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say you should. You should. Have you done like radio? I did or? when I was when I was sixteen years old. I've worked at. Oh, wow. That was my first job. Actually, I was fifteen. I was. I was my first job. I worked at KTLB in. That means keep Twin Lakes beautiful. In Twin Lakes, Iowa, it was uh, this little station, and we ran. Um, we had the carts for the computer or for the commercials. You know, we had to record on carts and hit the button and all that stuff, and queue up forty-five records still in a little bit. You know, and then they had CDs. Um, but they uh, and then we signed off at uh, ten o'clock at night, and I played. I did the news, and I played the the national anthem, and then I'm like. <laughs> for the rest of the night <laughs> and then uh, k97 bought us um bought us out out of fort dodge huge hundred thousand watt powerhouse country radio station you know and i was right in the 90s when 90s country was big and i was just a part-time guy and they, they kept me on there and I, I worked there till i was about 18 years old and decided that there's no money in radio <laughs> um i loved every minute of it though and then you know i i always make it a point to really work the crowd or keep the crowd interacted into my live shows and i learned that from being on the radio and and learning from some of the best people mike perry was the owner and man when he would go out and do his live remotes and just just be able to interview people and talk to people i really learned a lot from that and you know learn how to work a crowd go out and do a dj a dj dance with those guys you know and I would go out and we'd go to Owatonna, Minnesota, and I was I was 17, 18 years old, and they'd take me along so I could drive home. And and man, I just learned how to you learn how to work a crowd real quick, you know, and keep them dancing and keep them having fun, and that's just the way it is. And that has helped me a lot in my live shows um, still to this day. But uh, yeah, no, it's just that's kind of where it all started from was radio radio i don't know how we got started on radio <laughs> my radio face yes i did do radio <laughs> i did do radio for a while and i i would probably go back to it um just part-time be fun to do it yeah. isn't the same old radio stations like they used to be yeah make no money off it yeah no still make no money yeah, off yeah. it no there's no money in podcasting either in case anybody <laughs> in case anybody was wondering <laughs> well 
you might have given the your friend's son advice to jump ship i wouldn't advise anybody to do that for podcasting <laughs> do it do it for podcasting right peter stockdale you know <laughs> we do not endorse that message here <laughs> i do say go for it this guy's making a million dollars off of this episode right here. Yeah, you, you suckers are listening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you suckers uh, are paying. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Um, I, I have one last question to ask you. Um, you, I was like I said, I was listening to your last podcast with uh, Peter, and you guys were talking about Elvis. Yeah. And you said that you, it sounded like you're a fan of Elvis. I am a fan of Elvis. I. Uh, yeah, I. You know we. Uh, one of, I remember one of one of the vacations that we always took. We we had to go on vacation every year. Dad had to leave the bank for two weeks. It was kind of a government thing, right? So we'd, we'd get in the car and we'd just go all over the country. And I remember we went to Graceland one year, and, and we were in Memphis, Tennessee. We went to Bill Street and, and went to we went to Graceland. And I, God, that was the coolest, you know, the coolest thing ever. And my parents were always kind of an Elvis fan, and my brothers, you know, I remember listening to the first, you know, hey, nothing about a hound dog, you know. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy, you know, and you kind of get to know it. And and then throughout the years, you kind of forget about Elvis again, and, and then all of a sudden, like a movie like Elvis pops up. And it's like, oh, what? just a couple of years ago, we went, Tammy and I went to uh, went to Graceland on our vacation, and it, it's been a while. Boy, time's they really changed a lot of shit over there you know they got this whole museum and and the whole taking care of business with the the emblem uh, you know with the lightning bolt emblem and stuff like that i, I was just kind of that, that's really really cool and i totally understand what elvis was thinking at that point in time you know because that's what you're doing you take care of business i mean and that's just yeah uh as as far as and i and i try to do that in my own music business you know you just kind of take just do you and i think elvis did and colonel sanders obviously it's not his name but colonel parker uh i think he kind of screwed him a little bit but i think he also made elvis who he was and and marketing and there he is they say elvis was a white guy that grew up in in you know a black area and he had that soul to him and i couldn't imagine living in that in that time uh growing up then yeah you know yeah. and the segregation and and all, mm -hmm. and all that i just uh, maybe i'm naive to some of it and i'm sure it still goes on which is stupid as hell but i mean jesus maybe i'm naive to it but i just i can't imagine or fathom the thought of, of living in a world like that yeah. I, I know we've made great strides in, in as far as racial equality and all that crap but and i hope that it continues uh, because there's, you know, we're all people, right? And yeah. If you're decent to me, I'm decent to you. I don't care whether you're black, white, red. You know, I don't. I don't care. It doesn't bother me none. And it's, I think that's the way everybody needs to be. And it, I think Elvis kind of pulled a little bit of that clear back then. You know, and I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, I've been an Elvis fan for a long time. Uh, great guitar player. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So it's actually, it's interesting to talk about that because that was kind of my question with Elvis. Like, uh, you know, because recently, you know, with the movie, um, you know, a lot of people say that Elvis stole his music from black people. Or do you, do you think that has any weight or what thoughts do you have about that? I think Elvis, Elvis never wrote one of his songs. He was not a songwriter. He was, hmm. an, he was an entertainer. But you know what? Tim McGraw is an entertainer. 
Okay. Um, uh, Kenny Ches Kenny Chesney's an entertainer. He's not a songwriter. You know, he gets songs from people that write, and he performs them. Um, I think Elvis took music that was popular to a group of people and made it mainstream popular. Okay. Back then. And people hated it for it, but there was also people who loved him for it. You know, I mean, he, he learned that from soul music and guy living on Beale Street, you know, going down to Beale Street, Memphis, Tennessee, and he learned jazz and blues and, you know, and gospel. And, and that that was unheard of of the white folk, right, back then. That's what they called the red. And I, I think he was an innovator in his own time, uh, probably way ahead of time, actually. But oh, that's the GoPro. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, man? Technology. Technology, yeah. It quits <laughs> so, at some point. So, I, <laughs> you know, so I think he was an innovator. I, I think he was, uh, which is fantastic. You know, I think I think it was something that the world needed back then, and I I think we need a little more of that still to this day. Um, you know, I'm all for. I'm not going to talk politics. If you want to talk politics, <laughs> if, you, if you want to talk politics, I'll, I'll sit around a bonfire and talk to you about politics someday <laughs> when I really think. Uh, but you know, I'm all about Patreon episode. No. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, but you know, I think he was straight up a, a good dude who had a good heart and came from a, a poor family and um, grew up poor, and he made something of himself and he supported everybody around him. And uh, I think he made the world a better place. I think he got a little mixed up towards the end there, obviously, hmm. um, and things. But I think that's probably just part of life. Yeah, well, general. I mean, that's that's the lifestyle. That, you know? That's just life in general, period. In general. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't <laughs> think it does whether you're a musician or anyway. You just, you, you learn, you get older and, you know, you kind of get set in ways. And you can't be that way. You have to be able to grow as a person still. And I, I have to remind myself of that all the time. And so I, I hope the, I hope the world, if I can make the world a better place for my kids and my grandkids soon to be, or, you know, someday grandkids to have, um, then I guess that means my legacy is a good thing that I leave on this earth. Then. Awesome. Well, Hey man, I love talking to you today. Scott Kirk. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Kirkhart K I R K H A R T. Why, why do I even have a podcast? What am I even doing here? Uh, this is the last episode of the Macau Stars. <laughs> We're quitting. Glad we could ruin it for you, right? <laughs> Jesus, I say that every month, probably. Um, but hey, it's been it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Where can people find you? Where, where are your socials? All that. Uh, Scott Kirkhart Music at uh, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I've been on the TikTok now. Is that that's Ooh, something? Yeah, I'm trying hey, something good moves, new. Man. Good moves. Um, I'm still learning. So bear with me on that one. But uh, uh, and then Facebook, you know, everything. Scott Kirkhart Music. Just check it out. Um, get a hold of me. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. You too. Awesome. Hey, stay tuned, everybody. Uh, we're here every Monday and Thursday. Um, and yeah, we'll be back. Peace.